In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Today in the gospel reading, we have two journeys. One we've been talking about for the last few weeks, Jesus' journey to Jerusalem, to the crucifixion. And then today, in the midst of that journey, we hear of another journey, the journey of the Good Samaritan. Now, both of the stories are quite similar. Both have a dying, or at least half-dead, and a rising man. Both have innocent victims, murderous robbers, self-righteous religious types, and both have peculiar saviors. And as we approach the parables of Jesus, like the parable of the Good Samaritan, I think we often look for our place in it. So where do we fit in? Well, to answer that question, I give you two more questions. Who are the sinners? Who are those who do not commit a sin? First, the sinners. Well, we've got the robbers. And we have the priests and the Levites. And those who don't commit a sin in the story are the half-dead man, the good Samaritan, finally Jesus. Now the lawyer, what about the lawyer? We're actually going to save the lawyer to last. Well, we see the obvious violent acts of the robbers. But the religious types, they're particularly violent, not by their actions, but by their doing nothing. Over the past couple months, there's been a couple news stories, not big stories, but ones that caught my eye. The first one was in May on Good Morning America. They showed a video of a 91-year-old man having his car stolen from him by a young man, 22-year-old man. And that's not the reason why I made the news. The reason why I made the news was it was in broad daylight, was on camera, and there was at least five people standing there watching this happen. And then two weeks ago in the Tribune, there was a story of a woman who was beaten, left to dead, for dead, next to a, a convenience store. And that's not what made the news either. What made the news was the fact that people were literally walking over her as they were going into the convenience store. And some were actually taking pictures of her just lying there before an ambulance was finally called. Now the bystanders in these two stories, the priest, the Levite, they actually didn't lay their hands on anyone. They actually didn't physically hurt anyone. However, I think everyone here today realizes that those who don't do anything or do nothing in those stories are as guilty as the robbers in the parable and those who steal cars and leave women half dead. Now, many of us are going to be angry at these types of stories, and I, I think that's rightfully so. But as we hear these stories, I hope and I think that there's a question lurking in the back of our minds. Would I have done something if I was there in that moment at that time? And then perhaps some of us might be doing a mental inventory, thinking about times that maybe this actually happened, and thinking about our excuse that allowed us to wiggle, wiggle out of actually doing something. However, 
this parable doesn't leave any wiggle room to do nothing. So who do we sin against when we don't do anything or when we do nothing? If we apply that paradigm with the Good Samaritan of the sinners, those who don't sin, all that's left is the half-dead man, the Good Samaritan, and Jesus. Well, the man that was left for dead and the Good Samaritan are, are just made up in the mind of Jesus. So the one that is left is Jesus. He's the real one. He's the one who actually left the heavenly Jerusalem and was on his journey towards the earthly Jericho. Went on his way, came along some sinners, those who acted very violently and murdered him by their actions. And then he was also murdered by those who did, did nothing. See, Jesus was the one who died along his way but didn't belong dead. It is here, though, however, in the deadness, that Jesus actually joins himself to us. Because the robbers, the Levites, the priests, and us, being dead in our trespasses, have one who actually loves the dead sinner. Loves us so much that he actually joined us in our deadness. Because Jesus, who knew no sin, became sin for us. And died a very violent death with two robbers on each side of him and in the place of the murderous Barabbas. Now it's at this point, the point of death, that all uh, comes along the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan, being moved with compassion, actually does something. See, there's no violent acts in the Good Samaritan and no passiveness in him. Because he knew what it was like to be left lying dead on the side of the road. For the Samaritans, in Jesus' time, they were the outcasts. The outcasts of the Jewish nation. And the Samaritan, as far as the Jew was concerned, was unclean. Not worthy to be helped. Not worth even touching. But it's from that point that the Samaritan actually did something. The Samaritan actually engaged the evil and overcame it, not by doing nothing, but by doing everything. He's the one who came down into the dirt and loved his neighbor with everything he had. Thus, not only do we see Jesus in the dead man as the place where he joins us, but we also see Jesus here in the Good Samaritan as the one who peculiarly saves those anyone else, no one else would actually save. Jesus is the one who dismounted the heavenly throne and got down into the dirt to pick up fallen humanity with the cross and carry us to his heavenly home. So here in the parable, Jesus is a death and he's a resurrection. Now to the lawyer. 
If you picture it in your mind, the lawyer and Jesus actually create another parabolic story. For Jesus is the good Samaritan who's come along, this lawyer. He's come up to the lawyer who is half dead on the side of the road. And Jesus is not going to pass him by and do nothing. Rather, Jesus turns the lawyer upside down, saying that it's, a matter, it's not a matter of keeping track of who's in and who's not, who's my neighbor and who's not my neighbor. Rather, it's about Jesus and his compassion and his mercy to the sinner. You see, Jesus was not going to let the lawyer faithfully follow a different journey that doesn't lead to eternal life. Actually, a journey that leads to death. But Jesus was going to do everything by telling the lawyer everything that he was going to do and then bid the lawyer to come along for the journey that actually leads to eternal life in Jerusalem. He wasn't going to do violence towards the lawyer by doing nothing. Jesus Christ showed his compassion and showed his mercy to the sinner by doing everything when he suffered the violence that ended all violence, including the violence of doing nothing, when he suffered it on the cross. The life of compassion and mercy is the life of Christ. And for those of us who are given that life of Christ, the life that's only worth living, we too now actively engage the dead people along the side of the road. Those who are lying dead in their sin from their own actions, or maybe who are lying half dead, suffering from the sins of others. You see, when Jesus suffered on the cross, he removed the sin of doing nothing from us so that he might do everything through us. Now we engage that person, that person that comes along on our journey, by getting down into the dirt, showing compassion and mercy, lifting them up, and bringing them to the inn. So where's the inn? It's here. It's at St. John. Because this is the place where we receive the oil and the wine. We receive the oil of forgiveness and baptism, and we receive the wine of life in the Lord's Supper. And we bring them here because this is the place where we eat a feast. We eat as much as we want, stay as long as we want, and we know it's on someone else's dime. Someone who wants to pay for it. So today, as we leave here, as we head out on our journey, we're going to meet a lot of people along the way. So know that you're given a life of compassion, a life of mercy, rather than a life of violence. You're given a life of doing everything rather than a life of doing nothing. And you're given the Holy Spirit so that you can live that life of compassion that life of mercy. You're given the Holy Spirit so that you can live the life of Christ, the only one that's worth living. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.